Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, partnered with Ascension, where we provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for all of y'all on the journey with Jesus Christ as we are. And my name is Sister Miriam James, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host. And we are in it to win it, y'all. This is episode two in our series of the four doctors of the church. So we're going to talk about St. Hildegard of Bingen today. So grab your journals, grab your coffee. Here we go. And I just have to say, in the spirit of full disclosure, Heather and Michelle and I have already been talking for an hour. (laughs) And we've gotten nothing done. Like some people go, are you guys planning like before you record? The answer is no, we are not. We are just chit chatting (laughs) our heads off and can't stop. I think we say this almost every single time, but several times we did say we should be recording this. This is really good. I think we say that every single time also. We we do. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just do a little check in here. Heather, how are you as we journey? into uh, our week two, week two of the ladies in the house here. Yeah, I'm doing well. This doctor series has already, it's just, we're, we're a couple of days in, um, but it, it feels like, yeah, I don't know. It's really good. I'm really happy with the response we're hearing from everybody. I love hearing how things are striking people and um, people with their books are sending us pictures. So I, and I, and I love the discussion that's happening on our online Facebook group. That's been so cool to just hear people what what is going on in the hearts of people. Mm-hmm. So, I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. how are you, Michelle? I am good. I'm a little tired today, but I yeah, we've been going ninety to nothing around here. Um, but I'm really you always do. I man. do. I do. Um, I need to. Yeah, I would never. I would say I slow my pace down, but it's never going to happen. So in an ideal world, but I would probably get bored if it slowed down though. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm loving the series. Like. I have to say, I'm going to totally look at me. Yes, I I'm, I want some affirmation here. You too. Hello. Um, <laughs> but I have been up at the crack of dawn every morning and have done my exam every night. You're such and a so, good girl. Good. Thank good girl. you. Thank you. You get a sticker. And, good uh-huh, job. And a coffee. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, it's been really good, though. But I was uh, commenting to my husband today. I was like, okay, it's really good for me. Like, the spiritual disciplines bring fruit. And um, so it has been a real labor of love, even when I don't want to get up at the crack of dawn, um, just to do it in that time with the Lord and being immersed in scripture. I just always produces good fruit and I forget that so quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. I was so mm-hmm. quick to have spiritual amnesia. Mm-hmm. Um, don't we all? So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's good. And I'm excited about Hildegard. And so mm-hmm. she's like a recent discovery mm-hmm. in the last year or two for me. So I'm excited to dive into her writings and teachings and her little person today. So yeah, she is. How are you doing sister? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Don't try to skip over yourself like a holy, humble person. Come (laughs) on, give us the goods. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I really, I've enjoyed the series too as well. And, um, well, you know, Catherine of Siena is my girl, but I really enjoyed learning about Hildegard too. And she came on my radar about a year ago also, probably because Michelle was like, read this book and it just blew my heart wide open. So I can't, yeah, I can't wait to talk about her. Um, I can't wait to tell you the fact that actually in South Texas, it's not, we're not melting right now. The weather's, I went for two walks yesterday, y'all. Like nice. my goal is to walk five miles a day. I walked six yesterday cause it just was nice and cool Nice. and you don't always get that opportunity. So, and I also want to give a shout out to everybody in Sioux city, Iowa, who was awesome this last week. And I met a lot of wonderful people. So 
shout out to all the ladies there that I met at the different groups and the people at the dinner and Bishop Nicholas, wonderful people out there in a Sioux City, Iowa. So rock on. They people. gave you a billboard. They had a billboard with your picture <laughs> on it to welcome you. So any other venue or city that invites Sister Marian? Oh, we had game such a good on, laugh over because that. Sue Falls did the billboard, oh. and so they really love her. So she texted that to us, and I'm like, oh, I'm keeping that one. I just love that. I know. I'm gonna revit. There's a couple pictures that Michelle has that I, I'm fearful <laughs> of that I have a feeling will. And they know what? There's nothing I want more than a larger than life sister. <laughs> big big fat head oh my gosh god help us all all right on we go moving <laughs> moving onward uh, okay so here we go we're gonna talk about saint hildegard of bingen a true voice so we talked about saint catherine of siena last week and soul so we're gonna talk about saint hildegard and voice and this is the description if you have your journal this is a description i love this so i love that michelle put this together she says this saint hildegard a true voice a renaissance woman Because of her generous reception to God's abundance, the symphonies of the Creator were orchestrated by her voice, prophet of the bride, calling forth her restoration, preacher of truth to all, the Lord trusted her with his greatest mysteries and the secrets of his heart. Absolutely just love this on so many levels. And we're going to talk about just kind of the the guiding quote for this whole podcast is from her as well, obviously. And she says this, She says, we cannot live in a world that is interpreted for us by others. An interpreted world is not a hope. Part of the terror is to take back our own listening, to use our own voice, to see our own light, which she always found that in Christ himself. And so um, maybe Heather, you want to talk a bit, I'm going to speak a little bit about her, kind of her origin and just kind of where she came from. But are you, were you familiar with Hildegard too? Did she come on your radar when Michelle made us all read that book last year? Or did you already know about her? Michelle tries to make me read at least eight books a month, which I do not have that capability. This girl is like Belle from. I would just be fine with one book Mm -hmm. a month, just one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And every one of them, Michelle's like, you have to read this book. I'm like, um, no, I don't. You can't boss me around. You're not the boss of me. Anyway, no, but no, Hildegard is fairly recent for me. So I've just been enjoying like the first experience of her life. And as I was reading things about her, I was just struck with God. Gosh, what did she not do? Like she did oh, everything. She was everything. Mm-hmm. She's the kind of person that I think today you would be like, seriously, what can you not do? Like she was good at everything. She was smart. She was into herbal remedies. She was a scientist. She was a mystic. Um, a musician. She wrote music. Yeah. She has yeah, a, she wrote poems. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. She baked. I mean, honestly, she was all <laughs> things well, to it. all people. <laughs> no. So I, I love so her. She's fascinating. She's a fascinating mm-hmm. saint, especially because in her time, I mean, she was like an amazing woman for her time. And she, she did Still a lot is, of things that yeah. women just did not do back then. And I love that about her. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think women could do what she did now. Like really the voices mm-hmm. that she carried, the people like they gave her special permission to preach, like go on a preaching tour for the Pope to preach himself, to the Pope, yeah. to preach to all these bishops, to preach to these priests. Um, I loved her relationship with Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. He's one of my favorites. He's one of sister's mm. favorites too. Mm-hmm. But I love that in each one of these uh, four women doctors of the church, they had strong um, male friendships. You know, that they wrote letters back mm-hmm. and forth to, that they spoke into each other's lives, that they were healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm, male female mm-hmm. relationships, and so which is really mm-hmm. beautiful. Their letters, like I said before, with uh, 
you know, St. Catherine of Siena, like there's such a beauty in letter writing. Like we don't have that now, like mm-hmm. to get your process, your thoughts and um, to really get your, mm-hmm. what, because I think it's like a practice like journaling is, you know, um, to get things from your head to your heart, you have to actually write them, you know, that's scientifically mm-hmm. proven, you know, and they become real is when you um, write things down. So these beautiful letters that she wrote to all these different priests and kings and queens and, um, and how mm-hmm. the Lord put her in such a position of influence and how he mm. kept on, I, like we said before, she is like a gift of the talents, the parable of the talents. Like she kept mm-hmm. on receiving what the Lord gave her and he kept on giving her more, you know? And um, like, I mean, you kind of just want to sing that song like I'm every woman. Like that's how she is, you know? <laughs> she is all things to all people. All things yes. People. I'm every woman. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, yeah. That's so great. Well, in one book about her kind of gives her biogra- biographical information. Uh, she's a German saint, so shout out to all the Germans out there. Uh, born in 1098. And I love this kind of description. This one biographer says of her, she was a medieval chemist, botanist, naturalist, poet, hymnist, mystic, abbess, and saint. And somebody who um, is known for her authentic Catholicism and genuine mysticism rooted in the perfection of the virtues and a love for Jesus Christ. So much so that Pope Benedict XVI, a fellow German himself, quoted one of her visions in his discussions about the clergy sex abuse crisis. So I I can't help but think that she's come back around again, right, for a time such as this. Mm -hmm. Um, Her parents, one of 10 children, last of 10 children, her parents kind of gave her as a tithe to the Benedictine community. It's very interesting. I I find it fascinating just as a religious sister of when I read kind of stories of sisters of old and for so many, it was actually the upper class women that became nuns. I mean, they were wealthy, they were very powerful, they were very influential. And how times have changed. It's very interesting of how society looks at religious life, how it used to, and then how it does now. Because I know for a lot of people, I mean, I can just speak for my own self, uh, and of stories that I've heard from other people as well. When I enter religious life, people thought something was wrong with me. And mm. they said, you know, man, what, why are you wasting your life? What a stupid thing to do, you know? And so you look at how society has changed of what matters most. But in Hildegard's time, it's highly, highly regarded. And so she goes actually at eight years old. She joined, her parents kind of gave her to the Benedictine community eight years old and she was mentored by an older woman. Um, and then, uh, St. Hildegard ended up taking over the community. And I just, from a young age also began experiencing visions from Christ that she never spoke of. And she thought mm-hmm. everybody had them. It was fascinating until, you know, I think when she was about 15 years old, um, she began having them probably even younger than that. And it wasn't until she was gosh, probably in her forties that she actually spoke of them. And so it's very interesting to kind of go on that journey with her, which we're going to talk about kind of what that did for her. But, uh, yeah, a woman who thoroughly like Catherine of Siena, thoroughly immersed in the love of Jesus Christ and authentic teaching of the church and was able to give the gift of her heart, which God multiplied from there. So what do y'all think about that, Heather? What are your thoughts about just kind of who she is and just kind of her heart? Mm. Yeah. It's like she was set apart from a very young age Mm -hmm. and that was clear. And the Lord began speaking to her. And I know that she, experienced a lot of doubt, you know, along the way. Like she's like, are these visions really from God? Are they, and she would bring other people into it, like Bernard of Clairvaux and uh, the Pope. And she, she was checking with other people, like her spiritual director and checking with them. Is this really from the Lord? And, and it was very obvious to everybody else that, that this clearly was mystical experiences that she was having and that she couldn't know what she, like on a human level, she couldn't just know those things that were being revealed to her 
which I think is really beautiful. I mean, these saints, yeah, they have mm-hmm. a part of them that was, it was set apart from the very beginning and that was very clear. Um, but her self-doubt is interesting, you know, along the way. One thing that I do love is that she really stepped into her ministry um, in a powerful way when she was 42, which I'm just approaching. So Ooh. I'm like, yes, there is yeah. still some hope for <laughs> us hope. yet, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I love that, that I mean, I think some of us think, well, I'm too old for this, or I'm too old for things to change, mm-hmm. or I'm, wherever we might be thinking that in our life. Maybe it's too late. Well, it's never too late. When the Lord is on the move, it just takes an open heart and a disposition to to be receptive and respond to what he's stirring. So it's never too late for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michelle, what about you? What are some of your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, she just embodies to me the difference between the four. You know, like you're Catherine. I love Hildegard. Um, you know, I'm a more Avila girl as my girl. Heather is more St. Therese of Lisieux, even though I love St. We all love St. Therese. I mean, come on. She's the baby of the family. We mm-hmm. all have to love her. You know, she always mm-hmm. has a special place, mm-hmm. St. Therese. But for Hildegard, I love her as an artist and a creator. And she, there was something about her receptivity that released the power of the Holy Spirit in a different way than all the other doctors of the church. You know, she, I mean, for some reason, I really feel like she was as a creative force. She talks a lot in her writing about co-creating with the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is creating a lot of her visions that the Lord um, imparted to her mystical visions, like deep, deep theological mysteries are on creation, you know, on Genesis, the Genesis creation, on the Trinity. And I mean, these are like profound, like deep theological yes. truths mm-hmm. that she was imparted to her by the Holy Spirit, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, when I look at all four of them, but I look at her, like, because she had such a powerful receptivity of God, he released the Holy Spirit so powerfully in her, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, the more you can, the more you receive, the more you co-create with the Holy Spirit and the more you produce fruit that will last, you know, where we think it's okay. If you strive, if you do this, if you do that, you know, we have to make it happen. But actually it's, if we receive, that is what releases the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, that reception mm-hmm. and that co-creation. And, um, yeah. And I just find her just fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And there's something about her being Benedictine. Like she talks a lot in her writings and other writings, just about rhythms of life, you know, and seasons and all of that. But that she, like Heather said, and sister pointed out a little, like she did have a lot of self doubt. But when she came into who she was and she realized her voice had to be released and that she had to find her own unique voice. And I think there's something really to point out in each of the four doctors. Man, and Sister pointed this out last time, they are so, it is not a one size fits all, you know? Like, yes, they had similarities and common themes. They love Christ. They love the church. They want to see the church restored and reformed. But they, how they did it is so unique to who they were created to be. And who, how the relationship was the Lord. And that is our call too. You know, like our call to restore the beauty is going to be uniquely proportionate to who we are created to be and how we are formed and how God loves, you know, and how receptive we are also to that restoration. So, yeah. What about you, sister? I agree. And I, I just really, I was, when I was reading one of her books and the biographer was talking about just her crippling self doubt for so many years, I can totally relate to that. Just, in my own story and just, you know, second guessing myself or, you know, is this really something that I should be doing or whatever it is, but just even my own self, like the essence that God has given me. And, and we joke around a lot that I'm an introvert, you know, but it's like, um, 
just for example, like, you know, I love, I, I so admire extroverts. I know this one sister that's in our community that I love her so much. And every time we would go out in public, she'd always make a new friend. I'm like, of course you would, because we're like, we're together, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I admire people that can just walk into a room and just be the center and just the, you know, work the room and things like that. And, and I could just, you know, and I know myself, of course I develop those skills of being able to just kind of, you know, talk to people and all kinds of walks of life and things like that. But just like at the heart of just really doubting the gifts that God had given me. And I just said for my own, just a response to trauma many times of just self-hatred or just kind of self, um, deprecation. And I, when I read that about her, it just was like, Oh man, you know, here's somebody who's so great that also struggle with that as well. But as you said, Michelle, when she, received Christ to the depths of who she was. I mean, he was able to transform that. And the story, the burning reality of his word had to be proclaimed. And it gave her the confidence in who she was in him to, to be able to do that and to respect who she was. Because, you know, many times saints are, they're just different. And I could only imagine being around her, you know, and just this mind and who she was and had these incredible visions of being able to understand the gospels, like being able to understand the heart of the gospels in a single moment when God penetrated that wisdom upon her, I just could imagine she probably felt like she didn't fit in anywhere, just a little bit different. And can't we all understand? I think especially as women, we're a lot more apt to doubt ourselves or to kind of, to do that self-deprecation. Maybe we could just kind of all be honest about that in, in many ways in our life. And, you know, really the answer to that is, is not, um, pretending it's not there or something else, but allowing, really having a deep kind of conversation about that with Christ and with people we can trust and kind of like, where are the roots of that? And what is Christ calling me to for a time such as this. And then to be able to walk in that confidence that, mm. that I'm loved no matter what. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think I've, I've come to a realization in the last couple of years in particular that before I used to say things like, I, I can't, I can't do this. You know, I can't do this, whatever it might be. Yeah. And then that would shut me down into not acting, not proceeding or moving forward with something. And now that realization is beginning to set me free as I'm moving from a place of self-reliance into dependence on the Lord. Amen. Because it's becoming freeing to go, I can't do this. Of course I can't. I'm not meant to do it. God, I need you. I need you. And with you, I can do, I can do all things, you know, through Christ who gives me strength. You know, that, that sort of concept isn't just a concept in my mind, but it's starting to filter down into my heart and into the wounds that I experienced in my childhood and all the way along that have caused my voice to be silenced or, um, paralyze me at different times with my inability to do something or my weaknesses. I'm becoming more comfortable with my weaknesses, I think, uh, because I'm, I'm, be as I depend on the Lord more, and he just keeps showing me over and over again, he's really there. He's really dependable. He's really faithful. Amen. And every time I turn to him, like he comes through, he's not like other people in my life. He's not, he doesn't act that way. Like he is the faithful one. And, um, and I think that that's something that we all need to grow. And I need to grow in that more, um, as we just like move from self-reliance into dependence. What are your thoughts, Michelle? I think that original quote where it says part of the terrorist to take back our own listening, to use our own voice, to see our own light. And when I've been reflecting for our last week's question, I mean, I'm really been praying with it. You know, what does it look like to restore our own femininity? Like what does restored femininity look like? And like I said before, it's unique and individual to each person. We're made in the image and likeness of God. So God wants us to reflect something of his image that is unique of him to the world in us, you know? And when I think of it that way, I think, wow. And when I was thinking about St. Hildegard, I was, I had a conversation with a young adult this week, a young adult woman, and we were talking about friendships. 
And I was talking about taking back my own voice, but I realized like in some relationships and my friendships, especially with women where I've had, where I realized, okay, these are women that I can be friends with, but that I will not be confidants with that will not be like in my inner circle. And that has to be okay. Mm -hmm. Where I would be think like the Christian thing is to do. Oh no, we have to be like Mm -hmm. best buds where it has to be okay. But I realized when I intentionally was filtering myself or having to think twice about what I said, you know, because I'm like, oh, how are they perceive this? Or how are they perceive that? You know, or where I had to limit myself. Like for me, yes, like one of the modes I love to do is dream. And it doesn't have to be logical to me. Like it doesn't have to be logical. Mm-hmm. But when I was with mm-hmm. people that were like, well, that's not practical or that's not logical, I would shrink back. Because then the first thing I think, well, they're, they must be right. There's something wrong with me instead of, no, the Lord has put that part in me. And yes, he'll put logical people beside me to make these things happen, you know, but when I realized like with you all, a perfect example, I don't have to filter myself, you know, like Mm -hmm. just put it out there, you Mm -hmm. know, and I know that it's a judge-free zone. And I realized um, like, and there's a terror like there was a terror in me, like, okay, what will people think? Mm-hmm. Or we love to say, like, when you're stepping out in faith or stepping out and doing something bolder, who does she think she is? You know, when you start asking that question, who does she think she is to go for this? Or who does she think she is? Oh, and gosh, in yeah. the last couple of years, just really letting that go, you know, letting mm-hmm. that go, like, okay, no, I really feel like this is an idea or something the Holy Spirit is asking me to do. So I'm going to be free in obedience to him that I answer to the Holy Spirit and I answer in obedience and I don't answer to people's um, opinions. You know, I answer to obedience. I don't answer to man's opinions. And that's been a really freeing thing for me because a lot of things I do don't make sense. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think often we look at things through the lens of our brokenness and, and weakness and deficiencies instead of looking at it through the lens of our identity in God, that that we are a child of God, that he, that we are made in his image, that we do have light to bear to the world, and we do have specific giftings that he has he has bestowed upon us as a great gift to share with the world. You know, often we aren't looking at ourselves, never mind, you know, opportunities that come our way through that lens of what might God be calling you to do? How might I be called to share the, the own, my own light that he has given to me? It, it takes a total shift in our mind, you know, mm-hmm. to move from that always looking through deficiencies rather than our, our identity as a son, daughter of God. Oh, that's so true, Heather. That's so true of a way of seeing our story. And it's interesting that uh, you would mention that especially, Michelle, about just talking about friendship with women. And I was recently with a group of women and just noticing the dynamics of their, I didn't know them very well, but their friendship. And, and you know, I just, one of them, it was clearly afraid to speak up. And it was just very obvious to me watching the dynamics of their friendship. And she wanted to say something, but felt afraid. And I just was thinking of, you know, when we talk about those areas where we doubt or where we have self-doubt or maybe where our voices were silenced. And I know the three of us could tell stories of just from our childhood of where our voices were silenced or what you said didn't matter or nobody listened or people told you to shut up or whatever that is. And, you know, each of our stories where, and so we grow up and, and we, then we say, well, I'm just a mom. I'm just a college student. I'm just a woman. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I have to say? And the truth is that God has birthed a voice in every single person ever conceived that has a light to give to the world that nobody else can give. And so that part of really being a child of God is allowing that voice to be heard and not in a way that's like, you know, um, 
just kind of destructive, but really offering our voice and the beautiful light, that beautiful kind of ray of light that each one of us has, like what you're saying, Heather, that it has to be heard. And that's what Hildegard realized that she, her self-doubt was crippling God's voice in her. It was mm-hmm. her own struggle. And so when when she was allowed Christ to kind of conquer that in her, her voice went out to the ends of the world. We're talking about her in 2018 because mm-hmm. of something that happened to her so many years ago. So my dear sisters, I really like where, and I, I see to myself, like, where has your voice been silenced? And where is that part of you where we self-deprecate and we say, well, I'm just a, so we don't speak. And maybe your voice mm-hmm. is the one that needs to be heard above anybody else's. Yeah. And I think there's a big difference between using our voice to gain attention and platform for ourselves and using our voice so that God is speaking, you know, through us, like, so that really the kingdom is, is coming like through the things that we say and do. There's a big difference. Yeah. And it's interesting, the scripture for this week for our um, Lexio Divina, Heather, is... <laughs> Which is an Italian dish at Olive Garden, by the way. Anyway, go exactly. ahead. Go ahead, y'all. Go ahead. <laughs> is from Proverbs uh, 15, but one of the lines is, a soothing tongue is a tree of life. You know, it is a tree of life and it brings healing. And so our words, you know, like, do they bring life or do they bring death? It tells us also in scripture, our lives have the words, I mean, our words have the um, ability to yield life or yield death. So what are our words for? You know, Mm -hmm. are there words for to glorify God or glorify ourselves? No, Mm -hmm. you know, but when usually when you are fearful to say something, usually it's something that needs to be said you know, that speak the unspoken. Those are, um, things that we have to have. And I really am only finally learning as I adult late in life, I feel like in some ways, um, is I'm reading Brene Brown's new book, Dare to Lead. And she calls them rumble conversations where you have to have those hard, Mm. vulnerable conversations. But these are the kind of conversations that need to be had and they are life giving where you listen, listen with compassion and empathy and you say the hard truths, but you say them in love. But the majority of time we sleep, um, like, I mean, sweep these under the rug. We don't want to have these kind of hard conversations because we don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, Mm. you know, but she constantly reminds us these conversations have to come out of a place of love and empathy and compassion, mm-hmm. you know, not of if it is, well, I am right. And they need to know that they're wrong. That is not usually empathy or compassion. You know, it's not to prove your point. It is to bring healing and restoration, mm-hmm. you know, to bring, as we like to call it, shalom, perfect peace and order in the world. And those are the things that St. Hildegard did. She brought shalom conversations that put things in right order, that brought peaceful situations um, out of chaos. And that is what the Lord is calling us to do. And I think especially in this, um, we do not want to get political on this podcast, but especially in the season and time that we are in, you know, especially with people that really proclaim in our truest being and as our church as pro-life, we have to be pro-life in our words as much as we are in every action that we have life giving words. You know, um, I was just in a conversation I was telling my husband last week and that people's intentions were good, but their words were dismissive to other people and it did not create a warm atmosphere to say the least. And, um, it it made the church look holier than thou and that we are an exclusive group instead of being a field hospital. And I'm not saying I, please hear my intentions. I'm not saying that you do not stand on firmly on absolute truth. You do, but we have to make sure our words are life giving 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're kind. It says love is patient and love is kind, <laughs> you know, and so, like they are kind words, you know, mm-hmm. and speak the truth mm-hmm. in love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking the truth in love. That's, that's the key, right? <laughs> I think some of us are good at speaking the truth, but I think that's just one thing uh, that Hildegard was very good at because she wrote a lot of letters to a lot of people that were hard letters to write. And even as she wrote to the priest, she's like, you know, it's the sinful priests that are marring the gown of the bride, like it's spotted with mud. That is not an easy letter to write. Nobody wants to hear that. They will, just oh, yeah. as they do in the Gospels, to Christ, they will grind their teeth at you and want to throw you over the side of the mountain. <laughs> but, you know, she is, and she's walking in, you know, the truth of what God is revealing to her. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's very true. She's having those hard conversations. And I think she can show us how to do that in a spirit of, of charity, right? And don't we need that? Mm-hmm. We all need it. Mm-hmm. So true. There's so many things about Hildegard that I think we could talk about. I mean, she wrote the most beautiful oh, music gosh, yeah. um, and just like her worship. Like it's like she brought all her gifts to the table, you know, and I I love that about her because I, I feel like most of us hold back. We're talking about holding back our voice, but I think we hold back a lot of things, you know, we're afraid uh, for various reasons. But I love that she brought the full gamut to the table and her and her worship is beautiful. I mean, we can look up a lot of her worship that she wrote. Um, you can Google it. You know, there's so many things to find out about Hildegard. And I hope that this is just the beginning of our journey, you know, of getting to know her in a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. I love the quote, one of the quotes she had about music and, um, it's going to be my one thing this week, but, uh, she says this when she, you know, she's just such a beautiful composer. I mean, just what a brilliant woman. I just love that she can go out to the garden and know what herb will heal you and also can compose these incredible <laughs> works of music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, who is this girl? Anyway, she says music, which I so agree with music stirs our hearts and engages our souls in ways we can't describe. When this happens, we are taken beyond our earthly banishment back to the divine melody that Adam knew when he sang with the angels when he was whole in God before his exile. Mm. <laughs> what? That's so I love it. And that's music has a way of penetrating souls and it provides an opening into the soul that words cannot. And I was just talking to some people about that, you know, it's just as a musician, people can go into venues and open the heart in ways that a speaker can't because music speaks a language when it's beautiful, good, and true that pierces the soul mm-hmm. and opens it mm-hmm. wide. Yeah. And I think it's a way that we can, uh, often it's become so distorted for many of us. Music, uh, there's so many things that we're hearing with music that has just not been good for our soul, not been good for our heart, not been good for our mindset along the way. Um, but also to not be dismissive of it because this is a way that we can deeply connect with the heart of God as Hildegard is touching on in this quote. And I know for me, that's always been a place where I can deeply connect with God. So, you know, as we're doing our Lexio Divina and our, um, examine, uh, through the journaling process of, of the, of the series, I hope that we are also connecting with God in other ways. And music is, is a beautiful way to connect to the heart of God. Michelle, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I think for me, where she talks about music, it opens up the soul in a different way, in a mystical way. Like there's something powerful about Mm -hmm. music that has an anointing. And I know for me, like when I'm having a really rough day, especially with my kids that have experienced a lot of trauma, if there's something about music, if I put it even in their room, and like um, I even noticed, especially like instrumental worship music, there's something about, yes, there's power in the words, and I love declaring those words. I mean, there's a lot of power in our words, and when you're declaring worship music, out loud. Like you're calling things into existence when you use those words, but there's also something with just melodies 
you know, where the instrumental and they just bring a peace. It almost like brings a peace like to my children. Like I know when I'm having a really mm. rough time with my little Haitian dude, there's something about if I put like beautiful instrumental worship music on it, there's something that calms his soul, you know, that is different than anything, you know, other things that I could do. It like it brings a peace and he settles into it, um, mm-hmm. settles into who he is. It's almost like I, I can't really describe it well, almost like... Um, reorients himself, his body back to his mind and his heart altogether. Like it totally integrates them together again, you know, this peaceful mm-hmm. music and we have it in there. And, um, my kids like to study to it, you know, like to have like instrumental music backgrounds because it just brings a peace to us. And I think, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. when we sing and when we compose, there's something beautiful. Like I was in a church a couple weeks ago and they have the most beautiful violin and piano. And there was something just with that music. It just rests my soul. But then a lot of times that we will go to um, the um, African-American church a couple blocks away from us, Catholic church, and we love that too. And it's in a rougher neighborhood and whatever. But man, I love when they worship because they worship and they sing these Mm -hmm. old spirituals. And I mean, and they talk about freedom and breaking chains. And it is like coming out of a place in their soul that I don't have that gear in my soul, like where they have, like they're talking about freedom in a way that like, Oh, I want a part of that. Like, I want, like, tell me about your Jesus, Mm. you know, because it comes from the depths of who they are. Like when you really worship from the depths of who you are, there is something so beautiful that transforms us. And so, um, Mm. I just think worship is a powerful tool, you know, that just brings the Holy spirit. Like we said, co-creates with the Holy spirit to bring some amazing life into our lives. And I think that's similar to any gift that we bring before God. I mean, I think we can get, you know, there's like, you can talk about natural talent. Of course, every good and perfect thing comes from God, but you can talk about, oh yeah, like they have a gift in this or this or this. Well, you go to a whole different level when you open up your gifts to the influence of the Holy Spirit. And and I think that's what we're seeing in the lives of the saints is that, yep, they had certain gifts, you know, that were given to them from the beginning. But when you open up those gifts to the Holy Spirit, they are multiplied a hundredfold. You, you could never anticipate the impact that your gifts could bring to the world around you when the Holy Spirit is moving in them and through them. So I think that's a good thing for us to reflect on. How do we need to open up ourselves more in the areas of our giftings for the Holy Spirit to bring life to the world around us? And I think there's something about Hildegard received the Holy Spirit, like we were talking about, but she responded to the Holy Spirit boldly every time that receptivity was initiated by the Holy Spirit. And I had an interesting situation this past week. Annie, um, that or I had designer that works with me and does stuff. She had to go into the hospital this week in the emergency room, and it was a deal. Mm-hmm. Like uh, mm-hmm. I told her, she took like ten years off my life going through that. <sighs> but it was a deal. But while I was there, there was this little nine-year-old girl there, and she had brought her mom into the emergency room. And I don't know her mom's story. Her mom was really young, and this little girl looked scared to death. And I don't. It kind of. I don't know if she had the flu or she's going through a drug detox or whatever. But the mom was killed over, and I'm watching this nine-year-old little girl the whole time I'm in the ER. And she's holding her mom's keys in her purse, and she looks scared, and she's so calm. And she doesn't have, like, a book. She doesn't have a coloring book. She had no digital devices. And she just sat there, and she was, like, asking the doctor, you're going to take care of my mom, right? You're going to take care of my mom. And I was wrecked by this little girl. I mean, because all I could think of is I have a little girl this age, and oh, my gosh, could she take care of me like that? And just watching her, the whole situation just totally wrecked me. And I was thinking about what could I do? What can I do? And then I, all of a sudden I really prayed to the Holy Spirit. How do you want me to respond to this? 
You know, how do you want me to respond? Mm -hmm. So I ended up finding food for this little girl and finding a coloring book and crowns and brought it to her. And Good for you, Michelle. Um, and it wasn't like, okay, look, I'm doing something great. That's not what no, I'm saying. But I'm saying that yeah. it was there was something about a beautiful, and I brought it to the little girl, and she was so thankful for this little coloring book and so kind. And she was very apprehensive of me at first, but so kind. But it was such a lesson in just response to the Holy Spirit. It's like, okay. And it just... Um, it was really interesting um, to me because I was thinking to myself, even as hard as I know it was, and God was asking a deeper question to me, and even as hard as I know it was, like um, adopting our two children and what we've been going through and everything, if the Lord called me again, I would say yes, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because I mm-hmm. see the need and see the hurt. And God was like, it was more like almost a test of the receptivity of my heart than it was about this little girl. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, fine, Lord. If you called me again, I would say yes. Knowing what I know now, I would still say yes. And so <laughs> that's beautiful. That's you know, really beautiful. But it was a sweet moment of receptivity. And that is what he is asking for us. What are those sweet moments of receptivity that he wants us to respond and say yes to? You know, to respond and say yes to our voice, to respond and say yes to in worship, respond and say yes to using our gifts to restore the church, to restore our own femininity. What are, is our response? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what's becoming very clear is um, in the state that the church in the world is today, that mediocre isn't going to cut it, that holding back isn't helping anybody or anything, that we as women, as Catholic women who believe in our great and glorious God and believe in the resurrection power of Christ need to begin to step into our callings and anointings in a way that we never have before. If we really want to bring about restoration, like it, it first begins with us. And then we have to be willing to let our giftings and our, you know, just who we are as people be a light and a life force of that in the world. Amen. Well, gosh, uh, we're, we're out of timing. Should we just pray like we did last week? Should yeah, we just pray? We should pray. Let's just pray. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Wow, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you so deeply, Father, for the gift of St. Hildegard to us. We thank you for creating such a wonderful woman. And Lord, we ask that as your daughters, that you would speak to each one of us. Speak to us this week about where our voices have been silenced or maybe places we're afraid to speak out, where we doubt, where we self-deprecate, where we put ourselves down. And I just ask you, Father, that you would, in a very particular way, speak to each of us about where you want to heal us and bring us to life. I pray that you would expand the vision of our mind, expand our hearts, that you would give us hearts for worship of you, that you would give us the courage to step out into the areas that you're calling us, into the part of the vineyard that you're calling us to, that we could walk unafraid hand in hand with you, knowing that you are the giver of all good things. St. Hildegard, we just ask that you would pray for us this week. You'd intercede for us as you see God face to face, that you would intercede for us as sisters. Lord, I pray that you would bring a new birth within each one of us, a new song, so that we too could sing like Adam and sing with the angels of praise and glory of your name and your goodness. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Woo, girls. Amen. Thank you. Well, uh, shall we talk about our one Mm -hmm. things? Yeah, I want to know what's your one thing this week before Michelle has her okay, five. Okay, can I go first? Is that all right? Things. Okay, go ahead, sister. <laughs> 
Well, actually, we have a dear friend, and I'm not going to mention her name in case she doesn't want her name mentioned, but she's wonderful, and she regularly intercedes for us. She's a warrior. Like, we all love her. And a couple months ago, she sent me, unbidden, y'all, unbidden, um, a, a um, iTunes album called The Origin of Fire, which is the visions and the music of Hildegard of Bingen what? herself. And it's by a wonderful group called Anonymous Four. And it's got a beautiful digital booklet where it talks about the arrangement of Hildegard, like her composition and kind of how it came to be. And so these women have set to music and taken her scripts and her manuscripts and and set to music her... um, some of her poems, they've set, they've actually just just reenacted a lot of her own original music. And so I just want to uh, offer that. So it's called The Origin of Fire, The Music and Visions of Hildegard of, of Bingen um, by the Anonymous Four. So if you love some just good, beautiful beauty, mm. you're going to love this. So that's my one thing, girls. What's yours, I Heather? I love that. Well, first of all, I wanted to give a little shout out to all our listeners in Australia because we are getting messages from oh, them. Yes. And one one sweet woman was like, if you had any idea what people are doing when they're listening to you, I'm driving down this road, you know, dodging kangaroos. And I just, it just made me laugh so hard. And I was like... In the Australian bush. I loved it. I just absolutely loved <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So shout out to our listeners in Australia. That was just so sweet. I'm so glad you're on the journey with us. Um, but I wanted to share some music today too, and mine is a song by Hillsong called New Wine, and um, I may have even talked about it before, but I just can't get this off my radar. This song just is stirring my heart. It's speaking so deeply to the season that I'm in, but it's very hopeful because it's talking about just as we make wine, it's like in the crushing and the pressing, you're making new wine, and it's talking about surrender and and doing whatever God wants. So I just want to share that with you, our listeners. It's going to be in our show notes that you can find on the website um, in this episode, and we'll also share it online. So please join our online Facebook group. If you haven't already, there's a private Facebook group that I promise we'll let you into. So uh, don't worry. You don't have to ask any skill testing questions. Uh, Just send us a request and we'll let you in. Michelle, what's your one thing? My one thing is, and I know I've posted on Instagram before, but I don't know if I've said it. And the one thing is, but it's, I'm rereading it for a second time, and it's Shannon Martin's uh, book, The Ministry of Ordinary Places. And her writing is like edible. You want to eat her words, they're so amazing. But she's just a beautiful, poetic writer. But she just talks about, um, she's an adoption mom, and but she also talks about um, her and her family moved to a lower income neighborhood and just doing life with people. And her writing is beautiful. She has some things like she has a couple lines where she says, um, all humanity longs to be nurtured. And she talks about dealing with children with trauma, that it's a, just a love song for the long haul. And I mean, she has some just like lines that will just slay you and make you reflect on, but her writing is beautiful. And um, I just cannot say, it's probably one of my favorite books that I've read this year. And that's saying a whole heck of a lot. And so it is the ministry wow. of ordinary places. Heather, I might read this book actually, uh, now that you've sold it to me. That actually, way. I got it for you guys both for Christmas. Anyway, it. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> the ministry of ordinary places, Shannon Martin, uh, Half of the books that Heather owns are, are sister are owns is probably are for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, y'all. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it with a friend? If you can go to iTunes and give us a rating, write us a review, that helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. Uh, the show notes are available on the Ascension website, or you can have them emailed to you if you email abidingtogether at ascensionpress.com. We can also have those, uh, you'll see those in your um, your app when you listen to the podcast on your iPhone or your uh, the podcast app. Please join our Facebook group. And Michelle is trying to 
gonna distract me right now. I just want you guys to know I'm. This is heroic virtue at this very moment. Please join our Facebook group, um, and you're gonna join a, a lot of discussions and just a great online community. And we are just delighted to be with you on the journey. So I hope you stay close to Hildegard this week. Ask the Father what He's trying to teach you because He loves you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>